Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey everybody, Richard Bliss Brook here with another global influencer interview. This is where I take the opportunity to find people in our world, all over the world, that are having a huge impact on entrepreneurs and ambitious people, people that are looking to uh, tenfold their life and their business and their health and their reach out in the world. And what I do is I go out and look for people that are super authentic, high impact people that have an actual story, not, not people that wrote a book about it, but people that actually did it, actually took their life and 10X their life. And now what they're doing is they're, amb they're an ambassador for those philosophies and that wisdom and that integrity. And I found such a person a few years ago I met her and watched her in the middle of her rise to prominence in business and wealth. And then I've watched her recently graduate from all of that and go global with teaching other people how to do what she's done. And so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her right after I introduce her and then we're gonna get into some awesome storytelling. So I wanna introduce you to Tiffany Malott from Phoenix, Arizona, who right now is in the mountains of Utah leading a women's retreat. Say hello, Tiffany. Hello, Richard. Thank you so much for having me on. It truly is a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm excited to, to hear the stories you're gonna tell. So folks, let me tell you a little bit about Tiffany. She's a, an, an Air Force veteran. She's got a four-year degree in business. She'll tell us the story about what she did with her four-year career in business. But then she went on to uh, build as the number one income earner in a very successful network marketing company, becoming a seven-figure earner and speaking to people all over the world about how, how to do the same thing. She's retired from that now. And uh, she is the founder of Direct Sales Divas Magazine. We're going to talk about that and how you can tap into that and study the people that she's brought in from all over the world to help her share her message. So to start, Tiffany, tell us a story about you growing up. Where did you grow up and who did you grow up as? That's a really, really great question. So I, um, I grew up a poor black child in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. <laughs> And that's a true story. That is that's, a true story. Um, that sounds like I, a Steve Martin line. I know, I know. That's where I did it, right? Um, <laughs> not very many people get that joke anymore, but, um, <laughs> right? Only a few of us. But um, I did. I grew up, I was born in North Carolina. 
Um, my mom uh, was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked in manufacturing as a supervisor. And a series of events led us to North Florida. I grew up right outside of Jacksonville when I was six years old. So who I grew up as was the child of a woman who grew up picking cotton and a man who grew up in the projects of Winston-Salem. And they fought very, very hard to create a different life for their children than they had. And they believed very much in education. They were civil rights uh, activists on a lower scale, but they were the people marching and behind the leaders that we know today. They were the ones in the sit-ins in their local areas. And they just wanted us to have a better life. And my parents always taught me that our job is to make sure you are a great contributor to society. So I grew up as the child that felt like I had an obligation to make all of my parents' sacrifice and hard work worth it. And so I didn't really step too far out of, out of line, out of the boundaries. Um, I made really good grades. I did everything right. I was not a problem child because problem children in my house had a problem and I didn't like those. So, um, so I, I really grew up just trying to be that person that my parents could look back and say, we're proud. And my community, the, the, my community that I grew up in, my brother and my sisters, as an African-American woman, I wanted to be able to, to say, you can do it too. As a woman, I wanted to be able to look at other women and say, no matter where you came from, where you where you grew up how you started does not have to be how you finished so who i who i became was the person that i think i was supposed to be and i feel like i exceeded my expectations and my parents expectations by taking an entrepreneur route because i grew up go to school get good grades and get the good job um, but i took a different twist and turns in my life caused me to think differently but who i am today i'm proud to say i think this is who i was supposed to be just only better yeah, that's what a rich story, Tiffany, about um, the influence that our parents have on our thought processes, our belief, who we end up being, and then how that prepares us to make different decisions in life, take advantage of opportunities or not. So you could have ended up a lot different had your parents sort of succumbed yes. to the oppression. Uh, you know, what it's like for minorities in this country, because most minorities, they just sort of act that out, right? They, they succumb to, well, this is the way it is. We don't have as much opportunity. We have to sort of repeat the pattern of our parents. And your parents gave you the gift of breaking out of that pattern. How extraordinary. Right. Yeah, they really did give me permission to think and beyond them, even though they didn't know what it looked like. They only knew good grades, get a degree, good job. Hopefully you live in a bigger house, bigger car. They never taught me entrepreneurship, even though um, they wouldn't have minded. And they were nervous when my mom was nervous when I took this route, but um, they really did say that God is no respected person and you can do and be whatever you want. So they gave me permission to dream as big as I could possibly dream. All right. Well, it sounds like your big break came like sometime during you working at the Jelly Factory. So um, you got a degree, a four-year degree in business, and that led you to, was it Smucker's? It actually led me to Pepperidge Farm at first. So I made a little bit of everything. I have made 
Um, I worked in manufacturing for a total of five years. I worked for Anheuser-Busch in their packaging. I packaged beer. And then I went to Pepperidge Farm after graduation. That was my first manufacturing job. And that job led, um, I was the supervisor initially for goldfish crackers. So those little goldfish crackers, I made those goldfish crackers. I led the entire line from ingredients to packaging. And then after that, I went and did cookies and snack mix. I can, I can make everything. Um, so I did Pepperidge Farm. And while I was at Pepperidge Farm, my father passed away. And, um, and so I was living in Ohio. And because I was living in Ohio and everyone else was down south, my mom was really sad that I couldn't be there all the time because I was taking off as many days as possible, traveling as much as possible. But I wasn't a drive away. I was always a flight away. So after that, I decided to move closer to home. And I didn't go back to Florida. My younger sister was in Memphis, Tennessee. So I went to Tennessee where she was. And that's where I started working for the James Smucker Company. <laughs> and um, so I think you and I have a similar story. So you made jam for a living. I cut chickens for a living. Right. And we, never, we never made any money doing that. But the fact that we learned how to tell that story has made us millions, right? <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I, I, actually, I actually taught that at this retreat, the power of the story, and that for 19 years, I've been the, the jelly maker. And yeah. my story has evolved, but that part of my story never changed. And, and that, I think that makes people relate to us and keeps us authentic. If every time they hear you, you were cutting chickens and I was making jelly. I mean, it really does make people go, that person is real and yeah. I can relate even if they didn't do what we did. And it's a real story. So tell us, um, I, mean, I wanna touch on how you broke out of making jelly and, and how you, I mean, it must've been in your DNA from your parents to hear about opportunity in a way that had you act on it. Because there's a lot of people that work in the chicken plants and the jelly factories of the world that hear opportunity, but they don't act on it. Yes. So the gift of your parents, I'm presuming, had you hear opportunity in a way that you acted on it. Can you tell us the story of who introduced you to opportunity outside the jelly factory? How did you see it? And why did you act on it? Well, you know, that, man, you just gave me goosebumps because what really caused me, I'll start with, I think I should take you back. So my father passed away in January, 1999. And almost a year to the day of him passing, I was introduced to network marketing. And really the reason why I saw and felt this opportunity was because my dad had worked in manufacturing for pretty much most of his life. And he had worked for the same company for almost 25 years, maybe even more. And when he got sick, my dad was sick for nine months. And when he got sick, he, they cut his short-term disability. So here's a man who worked six, seven nights a week, worked overtime, double time, triple time, even on 4th of July, he'd go to work because he could earn triple time. And he gave so much to this company. And after he was sick for longer than I guess was allowed, they cut his, dis his short-term disability. So instead of my father focusing on getting better, he was just trying to figure out how could he provide for my mom who hadn't worked in many years. And so that was really hard for me to watch. And it was hard for me to see a man who had provided so much. He was already frail because of his illness, but he felt even weaker because he couldn't provide. 
for my mom. And he felt that was his responsibility. So one of the conversations that we had was he told me that, um, you know, he asked me how work was going and I had followed him into manufacturing and he said, well, how's work going? And I was like, well, you know, it's work, you know, it's what we do. It was never great, never even really good. You just did it. And then he said, you know, Tiff, I think there's a better way to make a six figure income. And I said, what, really? How, what, what is that? And he said, and he's literally, we didn't know at the time he was dying, but these were some of his final words to me. And he said, you know, there's a better way to make a six figure income. And I said, well, what, what could that be? I mean, manufacturing, this is what we do. He said, you know, I don't know. He said, make something, sell something, just do something. But I really feel you could make it and it doesn't have to be as hard as what I've, uh, what I've taught you. And that was about a year and two or three months before I learned about network marketing. About three months later, he passed away. So when I was introduced to network marketing during the Super Bowl weekend in Atlanta, when my sister and I were just hanging out because we were working so many hours and we just wanted a good time. And I met a gentleman who had his own business. I'm a business major. He didn't have to work a job anymore. It, I could not ignore it because I literally met him a year to the day that my dad passed away. And my dad had said, make something, sell something, just do something. And I was completely open to whatever that could look like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we teach people this all the time, Tiffany, although we always want to raise our skill set and our languaging and our vision casting and our questions. It really doesn't matter what you say if you're saying it to the right person in the right time in their life. And I don't know what that person said to you, but what mattered is what your dad said to you. That's right. Or three months earlier, because he teed you up. That's right. And so was, um, was that your first and last network marketing opportunity or was that a trial run? Um, that was, that was my first network marketing opportunity. And I stayed with that company for 11 years. Um, I stayed with that company for 11 years. I made a thousand dollars my first month, my fifth month, I reached the top of that company and was able to walk away from my job. Three years later, I was earning a six figure income from home and I went to a multiple six figure income in that company. So I stayed with that company for 11 years and then it got sold uh, to a hedge fund and everything was weird and different and and then I went and found the second company that I did and I stayed with that company for seven years and that's where I reached a seven figure income. Wow. So let's get into what Tiffany Malott has to offer um, just people in general, ambitious people, people that are maybe sick and tired of being sick and tired, people that are perhaps a little bit teed up like you were teed up. What, you know, the network marketing business, the great thing about it, preparing us for whatever else we want to do in life is it's the people business. It's all about high concentrations of people. And so I'm curious, what did you learn, Tiffany, about people that led to your success in network marketing? Give us some nuggets about motivating, leading, nurturing, tolerating, people. I'll tell you the first lesson that I learned is you can't teach or help anyone else until you can teach and learn from yourself. So in my business, even though I had success pretty quickly, and it was really because of two things that I feel I had success so quickly. 
Number one, I, I knew discipline because I had been in the Air Force. My parents were strict. I knew how to be committed and stick with something. And I understood systems. I understood systems. Working in a factory, you master the mundane. You do the same thing over and over and over again every single shift. In the military, you wear the same uniform. You do the same thing. So for years of my life, I had learned to master the mundane and saw that if it gets exciting, that means someone did something wrong. And I valued the mission. I valued the mission in the Air Force. You know, if you go outside and try to do your own thing, not only are you affecting the mission, you could end up in war um, really affecting someone's life. So that's what helped me have success. But my people skills had nothing to do with it. <laughs> my people skills had nothing to do with me having success. I was not a nice person to be in business with. I mean, I wasn't screaming and yelling at people, but everything was very blunt and very um you know just do it right and um i was like in the military and so i learned first that i had to become exactly the person i wanted to attract in my business and so i worked on me i learned that i you have to work harder on yourself than you do on your business and the greatest gift to me was a mentor that pulled me aside and just said you you can't operate this way no matter how much money you're making right now it will never grow if you continue to operate this way. So well, it was the greatest gift. And I had so much respect for him, for him to say to me, stop it. You have got to work on you. So he actually told me, stop trying to tell your people what to do. If you want to tell someone what to do, make sure you're doing it first. And so for about three months, I didn't lead people really. I mean, I did. I did three ways. I did appointments. But I didn't tell a person what they needed to do. I didn't try to fix anybody. Because that was my problem. I could always tell you what you needed to do, but I wasn't necessarily the one doing it. So for about 90 days, I just worked on me. I didn't tell anyone what to do. I didn't fix anybody else. I just worked on me. And it literally changed my business, completely changed my business. I was already making money, but my income went up. But the best part was the stress went down and the harmony in my organization went up. And for the first time, people really liked me right? They really liked me because they didn't always like me. They respected me. They trusted me and they would follow me. But they didn't enjoy it. And then after I did those 90 days of just focusing on me, they started to really like me and it just made my organization stronger and better, my retention higher, and it just made me happier. And because I was happier, my energy was better. Everything went up. Well, a couple of big nuggets there. One of them is, uh, how about, um, a high five to your mentor who valued contributing to you more than he valued how you were going to feel about the message. That's right. You know, most of us never uh, muster up the courage as leaders to tell people the truth because we're too concerned about how they're going to feel about it. And what they're going to do if they don't like it, because, right. oh my gosh, if they don't like what I said, they might quit. And there goes this leg or this volume. And, and I, and you know, that same leader, this is what's so crazy. That same leader, I, uh, years later, I saw a young lady in another part of his organization struggling the way I was. And I actually remember having a conversation with him. I said, why don't you, you know, pull her aside like you did me. I mean, you changed my life. And he goes, I don't know why I did it with you. He goes, because that's not really, I didn't do it with a lot of people. He said, I think I did it that with you because I knew you would receive it. 
because yeah. they were so hungry that it didn't matter what I said. You were just going to take it. He said, but most people I can't do that with. So sometimes they just have to learn the hard way. And that was sad to me because if he had had the courage, like what you said, um, she, her, she, she could have been a story, a name that you know today because she was wow. extremely talented. But wow. I'm, just, I'm just grateful that, that, I, that he was able to do that to me because it changed everything for me. And it also created the type of leader that I am today. One thing that I'm known for from people, whether it's speaking on stage or coaching or when I led my team, I have learned how to give a person a tough lesson without them being upset with me. I've learned how to do what he did for me so they could be grateful for the lesson and grow from it and not end up having to learn the hard way. So whatever he stopped doing after me, I've continued it because it is one of the things that has people coming back to me a decade later, sharing with me lessons that I shared with them. Even this morning, I consulted with someone who wants me to coach him. And it was someone I knew over 10 years ago in the first company. And he said, you taught me something. You shared something with me that no one else would say that I needed to hear. And I'm still doing it today. And that's why I want you to coach me to the next level. And it's crazy that I, he wasn't paying me. He wasn't even in my team. But I've always been the person since then that could share with love and honesty that will change a person's life in a huge way. So, so I'm grateful for that lesson. It reminds me of the quote that's attributed to Steve Jobs. I don't know if he said it or not, but um, something to the effect of um, if, if you want to win a popularity contest or if you want to be liked, sell ice cream, don't be a leader. Because leadership <laughs> requires that you value contributing to people more than right. you value their, how they're going to feel about right. your message. Um, so now I'm curious, Tiffany, you went to work on you for 90 days. Can you get granular about that and tell us what specifically did you do for 90 days? What did you study? What were your practices? So back then, that was, um, that was during the John C. Maxwell days. So I did get a hold of 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And I read that law, one law per week. And I didn't allow myself to just read the book. I had to apply the lesson every single week. So um, from beginning of Law of the Lid, right? We all know that one, the first one. That I went through that for an entire week. And everything I did in my business, I made sure that I wasn't the lid that was holding everyone down. So I started with my personal development. Um, I studied and read and reread um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's the book my mentor told me I just needed to master. And so I started practicing all of those things every single day and keeping a journal of what happened when I did it and what happened when I didn't do it. And then my activity, I assessed my activity every day. I made sure that I was doing the very things I was asking someone to do. I stopped talking so quickly and started listening a lot more, started giving myself uh, like tips. I started doing things with myself. So when someone would call me and this person was always a trigger for me emotionally, like they always set me off, um, I wouldn't respond quickly. See, before I would just pick up and just uh, whatever they said, I gave it right back to them. I allowed myself to just pause. I lied to myself to talk to myself, to walk away. I allowed myself to schedule them into my day instead of them running my day. And it also gave me a chance to prepare mentally and emotionally on how to deal 
with certain people. I even started when I talked to people, I used to cut people off a lot, just like they'd be talking and if the idea came in and I started just teaching myself to just put my hand over my mouth, like, just like, you know, like, and, you know, and, and just things like that, just listening to people more, slowing down, allowing myself the time to process difficult things. If I couldn't solve it, there was a big problem. I just say, you know what, I need some time to, I need some time to think about this and let me get back to you. And so I practiced what I read in books and I practiced what people taught me because when I got a little better, people would say, I feel like I can share this with you. I like it better now that you do this. And those things I just started doing more of. So it's just a lot of slowing down to speed up, to apply the lessons my team was trying to teach me, my mentors were trying to teach me, and the information in the books were trying to teach me. Because what I find is sometimes we move so fast as uh, network marketers or entrepreneurs in digesting information, we miss the lesson that comes from applying the information. So I just slowed down and paid attention to what I, how I felt and the results I got from it. Yeah, beautiful, really good stuff. I mean, we could go hours on that stuff. That's, uh, that's potent stuff. I actually want to go back and um, have you get granular on a couple of things you said at the beginning, uh, Tiffany, great nuggets. One was uh, master the mundane and um, remember the mission or honor the mission. Two things that you learned from the military and from manufacturing yeah. Yeah. that you applied to the business. So, you know, when you say uh, master the mundane, I think of wax on, wax off, which right. you know, dates me. But uh, could you speak to that? You know, because the audience that is listening, you know, there's a lot of network marketers, but there's just a lot of entre entrepreneurs, people that are trying to figure out, you know, how can I knock it out of the park? How can I, how can I realize my potential? How can I make this happen? And mastering the mundane seems to them to be counterintuitive because probably what they're looking to do is what's the technique, what's the secret, what's the trick, what's the tool, what's the app that will like transform everything. So can you just give people some, a little bit of substance on mastering the mundane how that applies to any entrepreneurial venture. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. For me, I don't believe true growth and transformation comes from a tool or an app or anything like that. Uh, all of those things will enhance who you really are or it will reveal who you really are. So a lot of people are looking for that one technique or that one tool or that one app that will make them become something that they already are not. And mastering the mundane means without all of that stuff, you are this person. You are a great leader. You are a great recruiter. You are a great speaker. You are a great entrepreneur, a great boss. So for me, mastering the mundane, uh, my mom used to give me a script, tell a scripture all the time that says, God won't bless you with the big things until you can get really good or master the little things. And that's mastering the mundane. That's why I know how to do hospital corners, okay? So my mom would give us our chores and she would say, you know, how you make up this bed will let me know how you're going to work on your job. Um, and I mean, and one summer we got a new house and my mom and dad didn't want to pay a landscaper. So we were the landscaper. So we had to lay sod 
and sodded the whole front yard and backyard. It was backbreaking work in North Florida when it was 100 degrees with humidity. And, but she made us, I learned how to line stuff up. I learned how to do a great job. So everything was about doing these, sweeping the floor, washing dishes, laying sod, all of this stuff, Hospital Corners taught me that how I do anything will be how I do everything. And so no matter what job I've ever gotten, and, and I did it in business, I made sure I could do the things that no one wanted to do so well that it catapulted me past everyone else. Because if you can do those things that make people take notice, those things that nobody wants to do, those things that, oh, those are important things, and, and people start to take notice, now you can do the big things that way too. And so for me, when I got into manufacturing, I learned this from my dad. My first job was in Pepperidge, at Pepperidge Farm with the goldfish line. Well, the funny thing about the goldfish line was this line was the worst line. It lost tens of thousands of dollars a week. And here I was, a brand new to a brand new employee at this company, and they put me on that line. Nobody wanted to run it. And one thing my dad had taught me was learn everybody else's job before you try to t tell them their job. So what I did was I started, and it was about 12 different positions on this line. I did every, I learned everybody's job. I went to every person's job. I took notes on their job. I let them train me. So I said, I'm not anybody right now. I just walked in the door. Just tell me what you do. And I got to the point where if they had to go on break or they went to lunch, I was their relief. And I could run their position just like they did. Maybe not as well, but just as good. Nothing was going to go wrong. And I did that for every single line. So the line kept losing money, but I slowed down to learn the positions. And that, was, for me, was mastering the mundane. If I know how to work the scaler's position, the laminator's position, the cook's position, if I know all of these people's positions, then I can understand the process. And so mastering the mundane, in a lot of ways, means doing the jobs that nobody really wants to do, so then you can tell everyone how to do their job. And that's the first thing. And whether it's in network marketing or any business, you've got to learn how whatever everyone else does, if you know how to do it, maybe not as great as them, but good enough, then you can pull it all together so you can be the leader. You can be the one that says, I understand what Richard has to do over here in this department. I understand what Cody does over here. I understand what this person does. And I understand how it pulls everything together and the importance of so I can lead them and serve them at the same time. And that's what Mastering the Mundane has done for me. It's just going back to the beginning of whatever I have to do and know how to do it. Even with my magazine right now, I know how to do layout. I write copy. I know how to edit. And I know the parts I hate and I know the parts that I don't hate. But it doesn't matter. If something needs to be done, I know how to do it. And I feel that's why we're able to deliver a great product to people that they look forward to every single month. Right. I, hope, I hope that answers your question. It does. All right. I want to move into what you're doing today. You're a keynote speaker. You're a trainer. You're a coach. You're the publisher of Direct Sales Diva magazines. I want to hit on each of those. I want to ask you, as a coach, who are you as a coach? What is your unique selling proposition as a coach? What is your gift? As a coach, how do you coach? And if I'm somebody looking for a coach, what will I find in you? 
That's a great question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because that's what I've been really working on. For me as a coach, I am for the woman, mostly. I can help men, but women listen better. Um, <laughs> um, I am for the entrepreneurial woman that has already started her venture. The woman who has been doing it for a few months or at least a year, she knows how to make money. She knows she is good and there is something great in her to share with the world. She just needs help moving the needle. She needs help identifying some blocks. She needs help understanding why she's not getting as much out of her team as she wants to. And what is it in her that needs to be transformed so she can transform her niche, her space in, in the business world. So I am for that person that, I'm not for the beginner. I'm for the person that has paid for every subscription, has signed up for every class, has invested money, and is trying to figure out what is it that is still missing. And quite frankly, that's me. Because what I am is I'm a transformation expert and a breakthrough specialist. And when a person coaches with me, they get someone who is not so much worried about the quick result, but can help you get quick results because we go in first. I'm from the inside out and I help you unearth a lot of things that you've been doing, carrying around that you didn't even know was keeping you from getting where you want to go. And then when I get, I help you get so right that without anything else, you can move that needle as much as you want. And then you know how to take these other tools, these other techniques and what other people are teaching and put, put the gas on the fire and go wherever you want. So I help you go from being invisible to invincible because that's what I had to do myself. Yeah, it sounds like um, a great tee up for the best investment you and I can make is not in real estate, it's not in the stock market, it's not in a business, it's in us. It's our, it's because right. we have the ability to provide a 10 to a 100 fold to a thousand fold return on that investment. Somebody invests 10 grand in coaching, they could make an extra 10 grand a month for the exactly. rest of their life. For the That's rest a of thousand fold return on investment. Uh, and, how about and, as a speaker? And if I could say this, yep. sir, if I could say this, because I got goosebumps thinking about what you said, they can make 10,000 a month for the rest of their life, but because they've grown themselves, their impact is even greater because now they touch other people's lives and we can't even quantify the dollars that will be made, earned or saved or invested because of who they became and the people that they touch as well. Yeah, it's like your mentor who had that courageous conversation with you. That's right. If, if we could add up the dollar impact of that, not just you, but everyone right. you touched, we're talking of perhaps billions of dollars out of one conversation. And that I'm one- billion, but it's hundreds of millions for sure. Yeah, that one conversation can come from somebody just seeing themselves differently. That's right. And, and we usually don't have those breakthroughs on our own. That usually yeah. requires somebody else to come up and hold up a pair of glasses and say, well, look through these glasses. You look a little different through these glasses. Yeah. That's the value of coaching. How about you as a speaker, Tiffany? What is your what What do you love to speak about, and who do you love to speak to? I love to speak to anyone. I love to speak to anyone. Anyone who's hungry. I love to speak to entrepreneurs. 
but I have been in front of a lot of different audiences. I've been at relationship conferences, financial conferences. I find that anyone who is in a place where they are looking to better themselves, I love to speak to that audience. It doesn't matter what area of life that they're working to, to better themselves. And so it doesn't matter the age. And I found that even though I'm not a millennial, I even affect millennials. It's just, I think it's that hungry person that wants to be better. What I love to speak about is overcoming. I love to speak about overcoming and helping people get breakthroughs in their lives with a visual. I love to help them. I, one of the things that God has blessed me with is taking, taking a message and turning it into a visual that people will never forget. I have people who quote me and talk about talks they saw me give five, 10, 15 years ago even when I first started really speaking. And I, I have a gift of not of being the one speaker that you will not forget. That is, been, that is my gift. And, and I love helping a person overcome and transform themselves or have a breakthrough based on the picture that I can create for them in 15 minutes to an hour that will allow them to take that because we live in stories, right? They can take that story and always go back to it and say, this is who I am. This is who, this is what I can do because they can resonate and relate with the story that I had the honor to tell. Yeah. And I, I have sat in the audience and um, been massively inspired by stories that you've told. The, the one that really stands out, which I'm sure you get a lot of accolades about, is the baggage story. That was a beautiful, phenomenally creative way to impart that message to people, which they'll never forget. Everybody in the audience, there was, I don't know, five or 10,000 people there. And I, I just, I promise you, not one of them will ever forget that message and that's an extraordinary gift so thank you for that uh, let's talk about direct sales diva which is your current crowning achievement tell us why you started this digital magazine and what it is and how people can tap into it well direct sales diva is my gift to the profession and beyond for what has happened to me over these past uh, 18 plus years of just being in the profession and affiliated with it. One thing I wanted to do was with coaching, I love coaching, but you can't really reach a lot of people with coaching either because it may be cost prohibitive or you just can't get to that many people. With Direct Sales Diva, I get a chance to reach a lot more people and give them nuggets of inspiration, give them information from icons in the profession like yourself, just those tidbits that they can hold on to that will make them better and then make them look for better so they can continue their progression and growth in, in their journey. And I started it because quite honestly, I'm very fed up and frustrated with the stories that are being told about the profession and women in the profession. Um, I think you and I agree that there have been people who have uh, courageously done their part on raising the level of professionalism in network marketing and direct sales. I just feel like there is another way to do it. And there is a more, a sexier way to do it. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> There's a sexier way to do it. 
And I, I have been in this profession for 19 years now. And, um, and I worked, I built actively for almost 18 years. And I just get tired of people seeing women in this profession, not the way they are. I mean, you are married to a beautiful woman who is sexy and sassy and successful. And her story is not told enough, right? We don't know those women enough. We just know the weird lady in the break room. Um, and so I want the world, quite honestly, to know and see this profession the way it really is and that it is powerful, that it is filled with powerful women, kind women, um, mothers, daughters, sisters, wives, girlfriends that are fit, that are fabulous, that are fun, faithful, and are really creating time freedom and financial freedom in an amazing way. And I am determined to tell those stories. And I started it with Direct Sales Diva. And I have a lot more stories and a lot of different ways to tell that um, to come. Yeah, well, that, that is what our profession needs, uh, Tiffany. We, we still, 70 years later, suffer from not the best reputation in network marketing. And we're responsible for that for how we represent ourselves and how we market and what we hold is important. And we are so rich with these kinds of stories that you're talking about. And what you and I know is not everybody does create that kind of story that pursues it, but everybody can. And That's right. the most important piece of that can is they have to get to that place like you got to, that I got to, that Kimmy got to, where we hear something in a way where we say, I can do that. And I see your magazine as just a real powerful focal point for women all over the world to hear those stories and be able to tell themselves, I can do that. And once people make that declaration, you pretty much can rely on the human spirit to go build a business because it's That's right. very capable, right? That's right. <laughs> so, Right. Tell people, Tiffany, where can people find you that want to follow you? Thank you. Well, they can get the magazine. It's a free subscription, uh, directsalesdiva.com. Just click on that and give us your email address, contact info, and you'll get our edition every single month right there in your inbox. You can follow me on Facebook at Tiffany Malott. You can follow me on Instagram at Tiffany Malott and please follow Direct Sales Diva official on Facebook and Direct Sales Diva magazine on Instagram. So we are just Direct Sales Diva all over the place. Um, you can find me there, but that we just want, and we do are always looking for contributors, always looking for stories to tell. So please, if you have one, inbox me there or magazine at direct sales diva we are looking for stories because i don't know everybody but i'm determined to find them and tell the world their story beautiful tiffany malott you are a gift to the entrepreneurial spirit thank you so much for joining us at bliss business global influencers this thank you so much for having me this is going to be watched in real time when we launch it live here in the next few days it's going to be watched months from now, years from now. And you know, Tiffany, this is going to be watched all over the world. You're going to be impacting somebody five years from now, 10 years from now. The ripple effect is real and it's huge. And you are a giant boulder in the pond. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the inspiration that you have been 
um, to all of us, but especially to me. I, I, I still remember seeing you up there the first time talking about how you cut chickens. And I was like, if that guy did it, he knows my story. We're doing it. I can do it too. So I definitely appreciate you. And I hope that we can collaborate uh, more together in the future. I'm sure we will. Thanks, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank sir. you all for listening. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.